0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: And I'm not going away with some dirty normal punts to spit all over me. If mm-hmm. Gary spits over me, I'm Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwalls. Well, good morning, dear listeners. Welcome to a grey, windy, uh, somewhat um, unkempt-looking memorial stadium, Bristol Rovers Ground, in deep west country. This is Zach Millwall. My name is Nick Hart. Welcome to the um, what is effectively playoff football, isn't it, dear listeners? Uh, I know this is the 46th game of the league season, but we must win today. Um, nowhere else to go after last week's debacle. All four performance against at home versus Oxford United when we had it in our hands to control our destiny. If we don't get anything other than win today, then we're in the hands of the footballing gods and other, other sides, namely Southend and Rochdale, which is no place to find yourself in this world. Now, leading into today's game, I spoke to our Northern correspondent, John Shipman, after bright bout of optimism in last week's show. So I spoke to John midweek um, to get his take on the uh, uh, the appalling uh, turnout last weekend against Oxford. 3 knock defeat, of course. And uh, any remaining shreds of um, optimism for today's game. So we're going to switch over now to my conversation with John midweek.
0: Achtung, Mailball.
1: All right, big welcome to our northern correspondent, our hardy northern correspondent, John Shipman. John, you are at the game, the debacle on Saturday, mate. Um, last week we had a uh, quite an optimistic conversation, didn't we? And look what look what it got us—a 3 0 thumping.
2: Yeah, I take back everything I said. Then. <laughs> Waste of space, all of them. None of them, my sons. And uh, I've gone from fancying anybody in the playoffs to not fancying anyone. Um,
1: it's strange, so, isn't it? It's a strange, strange turnout. We we still unbelievably after that awful display on Saturday, and it was an awful display. I can't. You know, there's no other way to put it. Um, we're still in sixth spot. I mean, I don't know. He's it's, it's, it's got a Millwall fan, if if you believe in an ultimate deity. I don't know. But
2: Well, yeah, um, at the risk of always oh, looking on the positives here. Um, <laughs> but from 20 minutes onwards, I was following the game on the, well, following the scores on my phone.
1: Right, okay.
2: And um, it just it, nobody seems to want that six spot. You know, it's two weeks on the spin now where it's been there for the taking for other teams. And by the skin of our teeth, we're holding onto it. Um, I mean, there's an argument that says put us out of that misery now rather than go through the playoffs, but... Yeah, it's... You can't help but think maybe maybe there is something in the wind. Um,
1: I mean, I I still don't think we're that bad a side, John. I mean, I, I, I still think that if you look at the... We're almost less than the sum of our parts. You look at our squad. I mean, I know you can criticise Tony Craig at a mare on, on on Saturday. I, I, I actually thought it was not a bad call to bring him back for the, you know, what, the, the kind of steel that he brings to the defence. And this is, you know, this is the side that's gone unbeaten for however many games it did this season. Um, that kept kept clean sheets for so many games. This is the side that beat Leicester and beat other Premier League opponents. This is not a bad side. But we are just so inconsistent, and there's no rhyme, the reason for it, and it's there's there's something missing, but I'm not sure what I know what to I can't identify that something.
2: No, I can't put my finger on it. It's it's odd, um, and I've, I've seen a few players mention it on sort of news at den and those sort of sites where they say if we go a goal ahead, we're a very different team than if we are trying to come from a goal behind. And yeah, yeah. there's certainly something to that. It says something about. Because let's be honest, let's be blunt about this. They bottled it on Saturday. That was a collective loss of bottle. Um, none of them looked like they fancied it. No, going through the motions. And the minute that first goal went in, you could see everybody's head drop. And uh, the second one was just a matter of time, wasn't it? Let alone the third. Um, so there is a. I think there's a, a bit of a mental blockage for that team. Because uh, as we say, when they go to one goal up. They look like going forward and scoring some more, but as soon as they go behind, it's, um, it's a very different story.
1: I was just saying off air to you, John, I, mean, I was at the uh, club dinner on Sunday night, which was an interesting event for many reasons, but one thing that did strike me, um, of the players that were there, was the spirit. This is a very real um, a group of blokes that like each other, that are there as almost mates. You know, it, 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 it almost oozed out of all the players that were in that room. Um, there's a fantastic spirit in this squad um and listening to Neil Harris he made a kind of um a fighting speech up a, up at the top table um apologizing for the display and and then pledging that whatever happens on on uh, sunday isn't it um 12 o'clock sunday that whatever happens that mill fans will be proud of the um shift the players put in and and that's that's great no, that's fine I, but you, you're right that was a full scale Bottle job on Saturday, and and that worries me because you can't get a better place to play in front of than the Millwall crowd on a, on a big occasion, and that was that was a full, you know, pretty full house on 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 Saturday, and yeah, it, it turnout, didn't come to pass. And you think, well, there's is was the occasion too big for some of these players? I don't know. It's there's, there's something missing, as we keep saying. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's I've seen a lot of if not criticism, well, yeah, I suppose criticism of Neil Harris this week. um, It's a fair amount of that on house of fun saying perhaps, you know, somewhat tongue in cheek from some people. I'm sure that we Mm -hmm. should maybe, uh, maybe get rid of Harris at the end of the season. I think as disappointing as some of the football has been this season, we're a very different prospect to uh, the team under Holloway. Um, Absolutely. say, that team spirit is there now, as opposed to, you know, I remember some of them grim Northern away trips um, <laughs> during the during the Holloway years and the Lomas years, where you know it was full full scale civil war on the pitch between players and on the pitch between the players and the, the support in the stand.
1: So yeah, yeah. he's
2: corrected that.
1: We have none of that. I do, uh, no, I agree. Um...
2: I do maintain though that he's a he's a young manager learning his trade, and you know we. We've swapped horses before, and we? And the grass isn't always green. You only have to look at the Colin Lee, Dave Tuttle, let alone all the way and Lomas. It's, it's very rare that we pick the right one. And having done all that five years later, you're roughly where you started again. So personally, I'm of the opinion that you, you give him some years, and I'm not talking about another season. I'm, I'm talking maybe you give him a couple of years, even from here, mm. and let him make his mistakes and learn his way into the job because – Let's be honest. Swapping it about hasn't worked for us, has it? So, no. Something else.
1: And you know, it always begs the question as to who who's going to come in. Um, I suppose the question marks from Saturday, and it, you know, they, they all, the questions write themselves in some ways. Um, beginning with number one, I'm just looking at the the BBC screen as for tonight's conversation. Jordan Archer. Um, Tom King, I understand. I wasn't at the Northampton game, but um, didn't do much wrong. In fact, he had played well, I was told, against Northampton. Um, was it was it the right decision to drop him for Archer? Um, you know, um, the Hutchinson um, for Cooper substitution on, on Saturday was false because of injury. Uh, Joe Martin for Tony Craig. You can probably debate till the cows, come home, or the other way around. But selection errors, tactical tactical inflexibility, would you call it, John? I, I think that that's yeah. part of his well, trade yeah. learning, you know.
2: Guilty of a lot of those things. Um, very definitely. Uh he, I very much of the opinion that he could do it on an older head, you know, a, a Steve Grit type character, you know, Steve Grit to Mark McGee, that sort of thing. Uh he could do with a little bit of tuition, um, someone to turn to, someone to help him out with. I and mean, that's gotta be done delicately so as not to um invited the players that someone coming in to take over from him, yeah, it's it's the breach it's of a authority. One to do. Yeah, that and, is tricky. Yeah, I, but I think all of those decisions you you spoke about on Saturday, I I think more worryingly is the lack of tactical now and the lack of ability to turn it around But I think if you look at those decisions in isolation, you're talking about you've got Tom King, who we've said all season has been a very reliable understudy. but yeah. when your first choice goalkeeper is fit, do you play your first choice goalkeeper in a, a top game and. Yeah, you probably do. Um, Tony Craig versus Joe Martin in isolation. Maybe you say, "Well, Craig's got that extra bit of experience." Joe Martin's a little bit, little bit rusty. You know, probably surplus to requirements at the end of the season. So, I, I think in isolation, you could justify any of those decisions. What worries me is, as I say, the lack of a plan B. Um,
1: yeah, the, the in-game adjustment or the lack of. Um- we we don't seem to know any other way to to play. Uh, whether that's the Morrison factor or not, I don't know. The fact that with Morrison in the side, we we have a we have the direct route, and that's all we're going to do. And I think that's fine as far as it goes. Other teams seem to have sussed it. Oxford sussed it on Saturday, John, didn't they? They I thought they defended very well against us.
2: I think our, our Kryptonite appears to be a team attacking us with pace. Yeah, we don't seem to be able to deal with any sort of pace no. the front to back. Um. If you get a, a workman like third-division team who we are lumping it forward, well, Webster will deal with that all day long. As soon as a you know a player with any sort of pace comes up against us, then we look, look to be struggling with it. Um, now, that's, to me, that's a sort of lack of a plan B. There's Jimmy Abdu um, comes in for a certain amount of criticism, and certainly not the future of the club by any means. But we need someone doing that sort of spoiling role in midfield, because... I think Williams and um, Thompson are quite forward-thinking as players. We do need someone snuffing out these issues on the the edge of the box and, you know, bringing a player down in a safe location to do so. Um, Yeah. Because to me on Saturday, it looked like there were huge gaps between the attack and the defence. Oxford always seemed to have had 40 yards to play the ball into. It was, I don't know, it's that that worries me, that sort of nouse, that sort of canny, I don't think, Mr. Harris has got that at the minute and could do with a little bit of support maybe on that front. But um, as I say, I'm not I'm not for one with chucking a baby out with a bathwater, and I'd I'd hang on to him and, and let him learn his way into the job.
1: Yeah, it was interesting on on the Sunday night at the dinner. Um, I think Neil Harris is smarting at that result. Um, as he stood up to make his speech, there was a, um, a the table next to us, was a little bit, um, I don't know, someone Someone wisecracked something about Kenny Jacket. And there was a very real look of anger in, in Neil's eyes at that moment. He, he, he dealt with a heckler and um, put him in his place, called him a Charlton fan. And, um, you know, it, it was dealt with and there was laughter afterwards. But you could see there in a the flash that you wouldn't want to cross Neil Harris. I think he has got the um the authority um it's just one of those flash moments where you see in someone's eyes that he doesn't take shit from people and um now the result obviously was what it was on saturday and that will be hurting him as much as it hurts us so um you know I, I i you're right i mean the the alternate source of power that an older head would create might be unsettling i don't know but we we do need to um Raise our game tactically. I think that's that's become almost a consensus around the ground now, John, don't you think?
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think everyone's I seeing it. I can't disagree with that. I think there are some very worrying signs in that team. Although, again, if we look on the bright side, if we were to get out of these playoffs, if we were to get ourselves into the Championship, it, you're sort of starting again and you're playing against teams who haven't played us for a few years, aren't aware of how we're going to play, perhaps won't be. Um, as amenable with a direct game as some of these lower league teams are, yeah. Maybe we'll surprise ourselves. You know, maybe we'll we'll find it that bit easier. I mean we might sink like a stone and come straight down, straight back <laughs> down like Rotherham. But <laughs> you know, you've got to hope for the best, don't you? And uh,
1: well, last week we we had an optimist gathering. This week we're going to have the pessimist support group. Um, going, we're recording this going into the Bristol game on on Sunday. Um, you fancy us, John? Let's well, it's, call it. Um, do you think we're going to we're going to get the result? We need to. Ideally, we need a win. I think a draw doesn't really do it for us because of our goal difference. It's got to be a win or or bust in reality. Um, do you see us pulling something off down there?
2: Well, I see us making the playoffs.
1: Right. Now, okay. How,
2: okay. How that happens, I don't know. But I'm just looking at the fixtures here in front of me. Um, the two clubs beneath us are all. Oh, in Touch with us are South End and Rochdale. South End are at home to Berry yep. who need points to survive. They're relegations, and only. As yep. we yep. saw when we were up there, they were capable of, you know, they crumbled when they, we came back on 1 we 3 2, but they're yep. capable of playing some football and getting some goals. So
1: yep.
2: let's hope the, the pressure's on South End who have themselves on the back of a couple of losses. So that's one thing. And then Rochdale are at home to Bradford City. Bradford City okay. he will still have ambitions of third place. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: Home advantage so, in the uh, playoffs, yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I would like to think we'll do it under our own steam and, and get the win. But if we don't, there's a certain safety net there that other results could go in our favour. So, okay. I'm going to say yes. Yourself, Nick? I, I,
1: I think the gods are with us. The footballing gods are with us to make the playoffs. So I agree with you there, John. Um, I see us at Wembley. And I see us getting beaten again at Wembley. <laughs> I was looking in my tea bag, in my the old the old gypsy uh, read the tea leaves um, earlier on. I just I, I see us stumbling into the playoffs. Um, looking at the league table at the moment, that's going to be a two-legged affair against Fleetwood as it stands. Um, I, I think we probably could take Fleetwood over two legs. Yeah, I do. I do. If
2: we are up there, we could definitely have
1: him. And you'd have the monster den syndrome of a of a small northern team coming to a place that's. Um, Packed with um you know a fired up mill crowd. And then we're all off to Wembley, which is never our, you know, ne- never the, the brightest of uh, stadiums for us, possibly against Scumfort or well, Bradford. Take your pick out of the two. I think um I think we'll we'll get to Wembley and I think we'll struggle in that in that playoff final. Um and really whatever becomes of of, of this season, we do need to start planning for next season almost immediately, don't we? Um you know, players like Jed Wallace. Um, for, interestingly, um, John Berylson made a nice wisecrack on, on Sunday about wanting to keep Jed Wallace. So clearly, you know, we've set our stall out that we want Wallace. Um, hopefully, there'll be wages freed up by other movements that will let us retain at least one or two of these, these, these decent players. Um, so, yeah, no I fancy just to get to Wembley. And I, I, I don't think we'll we'll prevail in the final. Um, that's, a, that's the pessimist support group for you, dear listeners. <laughs> and we'll all come back in August, John, and um, start yeah, all over again all get in
2: next <laughs> I can't wait already.
1: <laughs> That's fantastic, John. Thank you for taking time out of your midweek evening to talk to me. My pleasure. Um, we'll cut my way now, and we'll go over to Bristol Rovers Ground, Memorial Stadium, I believe it's called. Sunday morning, and um, we'll see where we we we'll see where we are at the end of the show. Achtung, Achtung Mehlwald So to compound that sense of uh, pessimism from last week's um, appalling show, um, the news today, team news today, is that Jed Wallace is ill. Um, Jordan Archer retains his place. to some controversy I dare say online Tom King uh, was dropped last week and Archer was certainly to blame for goal 1 and goal 2 in that 3-0 defeat um, uh, but somehow he, he must have the uh, Harry Warren's um, idea of a must pick clause in his contract because Jordan Archer starts across the back line we've got Sean Cummings making a return uh, Sean Hutchinson Tony Craig and Byron Webster midfield today Jimmy Haddu um, the man that um, some were saying was missed last week alongside Sean Williams in midfield Either side of them, in the absence of um, of Jed Wallace, we've got the, the ample replacement of David Worrell. I'll, I'll pause there to let you um, ironically laugh. And then on the other side on the left is Shane Ferguson. Up front, we have Steve Morrison, Lee Gregory. So my consolation is that we are at our best when nothing's expected of us. And with that line up there, nothing's much is being expected of us, I dare say, around the travelling fans stood on the terraces of this... Um, Old-fashioned ground, it's almost non-league in feeling. It once was a rugby ground, of course, Memorial Stadium, once the home to Bristol Rugby Club. I believe it's now owned by Rovers, having had to uh, vacate um, their historic home at Eastville, which I went to donkeys years ago, back in 1977 for the uh, famous, the infamous Panorama programme, of course. Yes, I was there that day, and I was even given a surgical mask to wear, although I was by no means any kind of um, face... Long time ago now, Greyhound Stadium, if memory serves, and they, they famously had roses behind the goal, but no roses here.
0: Achtung,
1: there is a certain sense of rugbyness about the ground. Anyone's ever been to the Stoop Harley Quinn's ground will know about um, kind of um, scaffolded stands and uh, awnings that look like they should be above a, a garden fete somewhere. Um, there's a couple of stands opposite us in the away terrace. We're at the kind of left hand side of. Of uh, what is uh, quite a high main stand, actually. It's quite a quite a high. Uh, <laughs> I'm joined by a special guest, <laughs> George from Nolu. Long time no speak, George. I, I thought you'd fall into a space time continuum, mate. How are you doing? Oh, it's a time warp and back. <laughs> You're back. You're it back. You only turn out for the big games? Yeah, yeah. Um, Holloway. <laughs> Holloway 1987, yeah. Here we are. It's, it's playoff football, dear listeners. Um, must win situation. fancy our chances, George. As long as we start well, we'll be all right. I'll start well. I bet you're right there. We uh, started brightly last week, yep. of course, um, and then cracked when they scored yep. early on. We can't afford any of that today because um, we have nowhere to go. I mean, any, anything less than the win today puts us in the hands of the football gods, doesn't it? Yeah, we can't be lucky this week, can we, really? Not twice in one, guys. This is Millwall we're talking about, dear listeners. Yeah. Huge welcome to George Craig. No-one likes us. Indeed, yes. Yeah, a, a, a long-time... Um, stalwart of the Mill fanzine scene as um, an idiot yeah <laughs> well I, 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 a fellow idiot here stood standing next to That's George it, we're all idiots here a couple of thousand idiots here today <laughs> yeah we've all, made, we've all made the journey down the M4 yeah. on a Sunday morning it's no. um, an unearthly feeling at the moment but there we are So speaking at the club dinner Harris promised us a performance a performance to be proud of one way or the other today none of the um, capitulation we saw last week from the, uh, the manager's mouth himself so we'll, we'll see I'm just watching the Mill team warm up here, and I'm reminded, George, of uh, only a game by Eamon Dunphy. There was a famous story of um, uh, one of the Mill coaches, Laurie Leslie, back in the 70s, who believed that you didn't, uh, if you didn't train with a football, you were hungry for it when you got on the pitch. That's chemistry, yeah. Famous theory, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they look from what we're seeing here at the moment, I mean, these look like, as you just said, um, standard, um, you know, kind of training moves. So maybe Livermore's the student of the Laurie Leslie school of no ball. Make yourself hungry for the ball when you get on the pitch. Well, he didn't do much for the ball when he had it, when he was a player, <laughs> didn't he, let's face it? Nice touch, Mill players giving away these Modus um, Score t-shirts. I think there's a bow counter. Uh, there's an event on there today. we all got given badges as we walked into the ground. Mill players sign their t-shirts and throwing them into the crowd. Nice touch. One thing I will say for the players at the club dinner, especially Byron Webbs and Lee Gregory, uh, David Worrell and Tom King they're great personalities they really came over well as, as individuals um, many football players will, of course you know take a dive and or hide away in, in, in social public events but not those chaps they, they were engaged with the fans around them it's really nice to see we're just watching the uh, Mill Strikers do their warm-up routine um I've got to say Shane Ferguson's looking shit hot in the uh, in the shooting competition Steve Morrison very very goodly. Lee Gregory's done nothing so far Safety apart from put balled in the rubbish the rubbish dumpster as they would say in the usa right. apart from that nothing tank, little fans doing their best to raise some form of atmosphere we're on an open terrace um, at the very corner of the ground there's one small show jumping style stand behind the goal with a few mill fans in it but not an awful lot of acoustics to work with in this place it's it's a tight little ground bristol home end looks fairly tightly packed as indeed did the side stand opposite us Big, big fans of Aaron Copeland in Bristol George clearly big, big fans of Aaron Copeland's oh, fans of, Copeland. of or is it there. the EL, EL, ELP oh, yeah. It. Yeah. let's have a listen I'm going to put money on it is the ELP Thank rock you on you mate no it's just mutated it's, I think they call this um, mash-up. The kids call this a mashup, George. They've like, mashed it with uh, Jeff Beck's "High uh, Ho Silver Line. These are days of records used to jump as that a mashup or just the <laughs> <up? laughs> That was homemade mashup. A couple of pirate flags opposite. Um, there's a couple of St. George's crosses. Um, a, a Dutch gas. The, obviously, the, the uh, Bristol Rovers are the gas, also known as the pirates. Um, more traditionally, I think they were the gas because the old Eastfield ground was right by gas gas works. So there's a Dutch gas flag, a, du- a, a, a Netherlands flag with uh, Dutch gas written on it. And two pirate flags, Yo-Ho-Ho, ho, the Jolly Roger, the Jolly Rouge. No one say this show is anything other than cultured. It's a strange kind of shiftless little ground. Um, reminds me in a way of Plough Lane, the old Wimbledon ground, in the collection of odd pod stands. Um, two ones, one behind us, quite high, um, but one, one kind of narrow but high stand, and then opposite a moderately kind of um, low-level stand, opposite with a collection of, of tents and... Um, scaffolded uh, seating areas around the ground. It's, it's an odd, odd place. It can be hard to get much atmosphere going here today, dear listeners, but there we are. This is at the scale of our task. Here at last come the Lions. They're all in their yellow kit. This is the last time... We, well, maybe not the last time we'll see it this season. Who knows? This could be the last game of the season. Or it might be the start of something bigger. Who, who can tell at this stage? The fans giving their, their Lions the applause that you can hear behind me. Neil, Neil Harris coming over to applaud the away fans too. Steve Morrison's Player of the Season speech was a minor classic of uh, Ma- Morrisonian talk. Um, he couldn't be at the at the dinner last week, so but he was obviously a Player of the Season, so he sent a, a video. Um, basically, worse to the effect he had better things to be doing than to be sat at our club dinner. Um, Tongue in cheek, of course. I mean, I did read he was on some kind of uh, coaching course someplace, so couldn't be at the dinner. But it was it, it was done suitably, um, deadpan in that Morrisonian style. There we go. Teams lining up. This is it, season rest of the next 90 minutes. Here we go, the Lions attaching this, the Thatcher's side end, Defending the uh, the ramshackle Brunel Professional Risks' scaffold seating area. Two and a half minutes into the game, Lions straight onto the, uh, onto the offensive. And a free kick now for Millwall. Hard to tell how far has, but it's about halfway inside the Bristol half. I love these rural references. Whenever you come to Bristol, it's one of the major cities of Great Britain. There's not a tractor in sight out there, George. But there we are. seeing you a we'll link with <laughs> never, never let the truth get away of a good stereotype. It's floated in. there it's wide right towards Morrison. It's going to be cleared. That's going to be a corner. Ferguson from the left floats in the yes. corner. That's a header from Williams. Spicing around. It in the net. One nil. Wow! All bouncing around. Goalkeepers the collecting inside the net. Five minutes on the clock. Strange shuffle goal. No leading, one nil. What a strange goal! Ball floated in from the corner. Um, here from Williams, in a white ball bouncing around. Uh, goalkeeper seemed to get a hand to it, but he's actually collected it out of the top corner of the net. What a weird, weird goal! Moments' realization, and suddenly the away uh, fans around me realized it was in the net. One nil, Millwall. It took Neil Harris a moment to realise it was he suddenly turned to the away fans punch in the air in delight, that's certainly the start we were looking for. All over the top trying to find Gregory now, edge of the penalty area, he shoots from distance, that's over the bar on 11 minutes. there's Bristol, another little uh, raid forwards, he very much got the wind against them in the first half, edge of the penalty area at the moment, overlap on the right right, cross into the mix, Archer punches clear, Crystal plug in a little bit of banter. I think that's called banter. <laughs> Clearly, uh, a fan of the sunbed. No. <laughs> 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 Fair place to him, he's taken a good heart. <laughs> Despite having certain um, allegations made about his sexuality. <laughs> Another one's come down to join him. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they warming up now? I don't know. This must be the designated, designated warm area. Fred being. Um, Told to go and knock him out, coming for the 21st minute. Huge kick falls there from Jordan Archer. Well, putting some good work in on the uh, right-hand side, tackling back. He's looked quite bright so far. I know he wasn't everyone's first choice of of winger, but he's not doing too bad so far. (laughs) That must be shit, mustn't it? And it's 24th minute, corner on the left-hand side. In it comes, deep, it's near post, that's Morrison. 2 Picked in by Steve Morrison! 2 think uh, Craig might it came it was like a back-heel from the cross. Morrison uh, back heel it, looks like Craig back have touch on it. We're out, two-fucking-neels! 25 minutes in, the lines in control. Yeah, 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 People around me talking about Southend might be winning, watch they might be losing, it won't matter jack shit what they're doing if we stay in control of this game. At the moment, 2-0 up, we very much are. Yeah, Mystic Jules Craig back Tony Craig to, uh, to get a goal today. Yeah, seven son of a 7th son, I owe you a pound. Yeah. 30 minutes, very much in control. 2-0 ahead and play a football. Here we come at the moment as it stands. Hutchinson puts the ball out of the stand again. An unnecessary clearance, but anyway, he did his job and he's put it out of the ground. So yet another third football of the game so far. Of eight men behind the ball as Bristol come forward on 32 minutes. We really don't want to concede a goal and then give them even a glimmer of a chance to get back into the, into the game. That's a dipping shot. That's off the, off the crossbar. 2-1. Burrow from close by Jermaine East, I think that was, dipping shot, off the crossbar, rebound slammed home by the Bristol forwards, 2-1 now, just what I said we didn't want. 32nd minute, first real shot of the game for, uh, for Bristol, of have any, have any note at all. Archer oh, picked again of course cool after that mare of a game last week, got um, to see that chance again to assess how much uh, he, he could have done, should have done. Have no benefit of any kind of replay screen in this, this um, non-league level ground on the attack now, it's ball wide, this is Steve Morrison, 34th coming up for the 30th minute, ball into a mix, it's Greg Gregory! 3-1! Yeah! Greg oh, yeah! Gregory! Close range header, crossing the way right over by Steve Morrison! 3-1 Millwall! Oh, 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 a roller coaster game for a roller coaster season, Jesus! 3-1 now for the Lions! A uh, ball down the right hand side, uh, Morrison crossed from the right hand side, it was headed at low, close point bank range by, by Lee Gregory for 3 1. 35 minutes. Gregory! 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 Well, we don't call them a dynamic duo for nothing, there's, no, there's, there's a reason they're uh, top scorers, and that move there was it. Just as a chance we we're on, on our back foot there, middle hit straight back, fantastic move. Fred getting some pro- professional careers advice as he warms up to sign that contract a little bit of a kerfuffle up behind us in the, uh, the high stand to our right uh, Bristol Rovers fans looking down I don't know what's
0: going
1: on up there one <laughs> <laughs> or two words being exchanged I don't mean any more than that some, some grimacing going on up there There's grimacing worryingly Dave Livermore's got his playbook out there George full of the, uh, the top tactics of the 20th century the Von Schlieffen plan was just mentioned. Yes. Uh, Johan Cruyff's total football was in there. Based the Subutu of 1972. <laughs> this, <you find laughs> this is Bristol on the attack. As I'm talking, I'm talking nonsense. A little dribble. Going to be a shot from the edge of the penalty area. That's 3-2. Beautiful. ball put away. 3-2. What kind of game is this? Roller coaster. Just what we did in one again. Times two. 41 minutes. Was able to shoot unchallenged from the D, so you know. Never make it easy on ourselves, dear listeners, do we? The Lions defence this afternoon has looked rather um, hesitant, that's for sure. Well, there it is, half time. We're halfway there, George, yes. by hook by crook. That's right leading 3-2 at the break um, it's a strange game to report on it's, got, um, it's been a scruffy old performance in many respects by me all that said three goals do their own talking we've conceded two um, through defensive sloppiness um, in, a, in a situation where you want tightness you've got sloppiness So, um, it's, we're, although we're leading we're one foot in the playoffs as we speak um, it's hard to feel very satisfied by that first half show so I'm going to take a slight more break more goals in this though isn't there? more goals in this I think George is correct You're listening to Achtung Millwall. So Mill kick us off for the second half, attacking the, uh, the Millwall supporters end, spread across the two stands, just 45 minutes separating us from the lottery of player football. So Bristol on the early attack, the ball in from the, oh off the line, off the foot of the uh, forward there from the left-hand side into the middle box and Craig took it away from the forward as he was coming in 46 minutes the win very much with the Rovers um, forwards in the second half another chance from to cross the ball in now on the right working space Lions looking very it's gonna be a goal goal kick Um, Lions looking very sloppy in defense this afternoon dear listeners somehow we still contrive to be in the driving seat in the playoff run somehow 3-2 ahead at the moment having Established two goal leads twice over, we still managed to um, make a, 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 knuckle, duster, a knuckle, knuckle duster ride, a, knuckle, a right knuckle ride, a knuckle duster ride is a different kind of event. Any high balls almost visibly move backwards in the wind as they go reach the, uh, the stratosphere, they're moving backwards in the, in the wind, they're still gusting strongly, the flag still blowing um, towards the of the, the mill end in the second half, Bristol will be exploiting that, they come down the right, 48 minutes. Into the box is the three panic stations, gone for a goal kick, goal kick. Yeah. Bristol on the attack again, right hand side, ball into the middle, it runs across the middle, defence, Jesus Christ. Bristol seem to have turned into like a West Country form of Barcelona, yeah. with the wind behind them. Pulling us around at the moment, come down the right hand side, space, there's a shot way over the ball, hits the Thatcher's side as, uh, advert on the top of the stand. Shot 14. Yeah, the 14th. Uh, was it him? I think That's it was him. Yeah, I think distance. Yeah. Maybe not. Still pressing forwards, got Archer down at the feet of an oncoming player there. Nervous stuff, dear listeners. Only 35 more minutes of this to go. Another deep ball, a crossfield ball from Bristol. They're really exploiting the wind to their advantage, and uh, we're not really adjusted to the fact that they've got that weapon. Bristol pressing forwards, a long ball wide right. Um, chat behind me just saying how much pressure we're under at the moment. It's a long half an hour to go as we. Go past the 60th minute, it's going to be a corner for Bristol. A long while for us to endure this. If we're going to sit back and absorb it, it's... um, Can't see us doing it, but there we are. We we live in hope. Corner as it is. Looks like it's Fred time. Worrell coming out, it's probably a fair call. I didn't think he did too bad in the first half. He's done nothing in the second half. Fred will at least give us some pace and some uh, unpredictability going forwards. Expect Aidan O'Brien to make an entry at some stage soon as well. The line still clinging on to the sixth spot by the skin of our teeth. We don't cling on, it's a mixed metaphor. Clinging on by our fingernails. Come Come Fantastic challenge there. A Bristol coming back, it's in waves at the moment. 64th minute of the game, wide right now. Really under the Cox Millwall. Ball into the box, it's taken by is that Easter. Half heartedly cleared. More half-hearted than an endorsement by Heidi Alexander. Labour MP for Lucia East. A politics for you now, listeners. Tune into our Twitter feed for more on that and others. As it is, we're clinging on for grim death. Lions fans desperate to do something. Get some energy into our side. <laughs> spied the ball wide, which has been so effective for Bristol. Goes off for a throw-in another moment of pressure now as a corner comes in from the right hand side across the mill box Archer being berated on the left hand side another cross into the box that's headed up and will Archer take he does thankfully 66 minutes it's another moment of pressure left-handed corner oh, Archer reaches that's at it. Goes for a goal kick. Somehow goes for a goal okay, kick. It. Yeah, he missed it. Yeah. Bristol spread the play quite nicely down the wings. They come down this right hand side. Here they are again. They spray it wide left. 70 minutes. have seen it? Trying to work space for a cross. Ball head been headed around, a head tennis down there. It's bobbing around the middle box. No decisiveness in the middle defence today getting pulled apart again, pushed on, on the roll forwards, that's going to be another free kick, another shortable distance free kick on 73 minutes. It's going to be 14 again that takes, dangerous situation times two. But waiting for the dentist appointment, waiting for this free kick, it's the shot again, that's on target, three each, Palmed into the goal by Joel Nacher. on target, he touched it, went in the net, Billy Roden, Billy Bowden, three each. There we are Our very middle wall There's Fred on the goal Nothing given there Fred on the breakthrough goes, uh, I, I think it would have been a harsh penalty if he'd been given They went flying, been clattering Seen them given chance now for Bristol shot on goal dipping shot taken by Jordan Archer 77 minute um, they looked a far brighter side than us in the second half they've used conditions to their advantage um, we just haven't adapted whatsoever it's been a very poor show from Millwall given the circumstances of the second half there come the Lions Zayden O'Brien just outside the box 82nd minute he's got Cummins on the right hand side This crosses defective a corner first, first four way forwards in some time first corner in some time for Millwall Right hand side, big chance for the Lions to get something out of this game, they should have had it wrapped up. In from the right hand side, into the mix. I'll go fucking mental around me. Millwall 4, Bristol 3. Fucking hell. Dear oh dear. I'm lost for words, I really am. Awful second half. Awful second half by Millwall. Somehow we managed to pluck success from the jaws of disaster again. All we've got to do now is last seven minutes. Six minutes, got to last six more minutes. Jump, jump, jump. Right, squad lined Bill up in front of us, looking itchy. Bill one of them uh, no, looks really itchy. Bill right. Bill oh, he want to switch someone? And they had two midfield. Wide, right, he's got Morrison. What can Steve do? Straight into the uh, the feet of the goalkeeper. 85 minutes. Why they couldn't have played like this for the second half? Overall, I don't know. Give us a, an easier ride. You tell me. I it wouldn't be Millwall if it was easy, would it? disaster potential, five more minutes to go, plus any injury time. Jake Cooper coming into the game. Oh boy, Don't know, go, through, go figure. So there we are. Do we really, thankfully we've got the pundits behind me, giving you what's going to happen. now. Brian going on the left, we'll see, we'll see. Bergson coming out to some applause. 87 minutes showing, free kick for um, Bristol is the situation, so it's going to be another punt into the middle we've looked weak all afternoon to cross this into the box so hopefully Cooper can tighten that much up for the last few minutes of this final game of the season so in comes a free kick from the left hand side and lower trajectory falls back to the uh, last line of defence Morrison cuts out that ball forward Morrison's on the break coming down there at the left side 88 minutes got two men on the inside of him it goes tumbling Varsely, vastly vastly experienced move that was Steve Morrison and all the years in the game, two men <laughs> And back to a little cigar si- signs of the middle um, support. Put a free kick. Fantastic stuff. Bodies flying into the way of shots now, in a way that should have been earlier on. Ball bouncing forward Archer takes. To the relief of the travelling middle support, Archer falls on the ball. The last few seconds of the game. Oh. Morrison almost through turnings, man. Referee gives a free kick against him. Draws a yellow. He didn't know what he was doing. He, uh, Morrison draws a yellow for flicking the ball behind the goalkeeper. I think he did know what he was doing, in all honesty. Referee heading on an endless amount of time, it seems, as a falls to Morrison. Shot from distance has gone for a goal kick. The referee's played over the odds by my watch. Bristol Rovers bringing it forwards. You can hear the injunctions to blow the whistle, behind me. Millwall <laughs> <laughs> yeah! 4, Bristol three. What a rollercoaster game. The Lions play off at the death. We'll play a football. I feel exhausted, absolutely exhausted. Dogs are on, coppers are on. Everyone's on the pitch. <laughs> Lions do it. I feel mentally and morally exhausted. Um, fantastic result, performance at times, good, bad not ugly, almost a metaphor for the season itself. Um, but there we are, result speaks volumes, 4-3, to show that the, the um, backbones have come back from um, losing two two goal leads. Says to me, this, this club has got something in it, this team's got something in it, defensively unsound at times, defensively unhinged at others. There it is. The result is everything. The big table says his own, own story. Neil Harris takes the applause to the travelling fans, punches the air. And we're going to do it again in the playoffs, George. I wouldn't stand it. There we are.
0: Achtung, so
1: Here we are, dear listeners. Um, what an afternoon. What a dramatic game. A microcosm of the season in many respects. It went from... High fast, as I posted on Twitter, it went from high fast to high drama to high comedy to very high balls in the air. Um, what can I say? Tell you about that performance. It was um, it was Millwall rolled up into one. Um, first half, we on occasion looked pretty good going forwards. I mean, we clearly we scored three goals in that first forty-five minutes. Um, the wind greatly assisting our calls. So team performances today. Well, um, it's going to have to be said. Jordan Archer in goal did not impress. Um, once again he didn't impress last week didn't really impress me much this, this week either he uh, looks flappy on crosses he looks um, hesitant uh, I'm sure he retains his shot stopping skills no, that's not in doubt but certainly in terms of position and taking crosses he looks a pale shadow of the goalkeeper that first arrived uh, a season ago so marks out of 10 for Jordan Archer um, churlish or not, I don't know. We, I mean, we had a successful day, we got ourselves into the playoffs. So it seems churlish to give him um, a five, but I didn't think he played well today. So five it is for me. Across the back line defence, Tony Craig gave you the full Tony Craig uh, performance, with all of its good and bad. Um, I thought he did well for us today overall. He, he we, we at times looked wobbly defensively, but uh, Tony Craig is always committed in the tackle. Um, so on a successful day I'm going to give him a 6 out of 10 which is my par score Sean Cummings on the right hand side the hero of the Leicester game um, didn't impress much today didn't really do anything of note I can't remember him um, making any kind of um, huge contribution there was one little run he went on um, first half I believe they had echoes of the famous goal against the, uh, the champions of England and um, but today, no, didn't impress. So I'm going to give Sean Cummins a five, a game <coughs> in common with the the defence. He didn't um, didn't perform well. Central defence Webster was alright. Um, nothing marvellous. Um, Hutchinson did well to get the goal to win the game. Um, as I say, I, I'm not sure that Hutchinson, <coughs> Webster, and Archer <coughs> are working well as a unit at the moment. So I'm going to give them all fives, defensive back line, fives across the board. Um, and that, that is a mark of um, the fact that we've had success, um, trying to balance that with a poor performance, really. Um, across the middle, Jimmy Abdu, workhorse, workhorse. Jesus, what an engine the man's got. I don't know how old he is now, but um, that was a full 90-minute Jimmy Abdu performance he gave us there today. Of course he lacked quality, of course he did. Um, but he didn't stop running from the kickoff. Through to the final whistle, he was awkward. He was arms and legs. He was in front of the ball constantly. The Jimmy Abdul performance. We we have talked about it before. Uh, I'm going to give Jimmy a seven out of ten for sheer fucking effort today. Um, it wasn't wasn't um, a brilliant um, you know footballing performance, but it was a massive massive effort. Alongside him, Sean Williams um, wasn't really a day for Sean Williams. Uh, it was a keep relentlessly pumping high balls over his head. I think Harry on last week's show alluded to um, the fact that um, the ball flies over his head a lot and his passing ability came out a little bit more in the second half when the wind was in their faces and I think he's almost using the oncoming wind to try and temper the ball forward but that uh, was a brilliant I think it was a brilliant Sean Williams performance today uh, I'm going to give him 6 out of 10 however um, because um, I quite like Sean Williams I like the idea of him that makes any kind of sense on the wings David Worrell um did as well as he could do. Now David Worrell is no Jed Wallace. Jed Wallace brings dynamism, inventiveness, and speed and pace, and David Worrell doesn't. Um, but that said, he put himself about, especially in the first half, and gave everything he had to to give. And that's all we can ask of anyone. So I'm going to give David Worrell a six. <clears throat> on the other flank, on the left, um, Sean Ferguson, Shane Ferguson, sorry, um, looked pretty good in the warm-up. There's some of the shots he was burying during the pre-match kickabout warm-up were fantastic, um, didn't look quite so great in, in real time in the game, but um, again gave everything, and I'm not going to knock him on a day like that, so I'm going to give Shane Ferguson a 6 out of 10 on the on the left. Up front, um, we started with, with Lee Gregory up front, and he got the second or third goal, I can't remember which way around it was now, beautiful take at close range from a Steve Morrison cross, um, he struggled at times, back to goals, difficult conditions for everyone, um, but good goal and lots of effort. I'm going to give Lee Gregory a 7 out of 10. My man of the match, however, the old campaigner, the old grey fox, the silver, I've got an affinity with silver foxes, I'm sure you, you will really realise why if you clap eyes on the logo of the show. But Steve Morrison, what a performance, what a, an effort, the experience towards the end, there was one moment that sticks in my mind, where he worked a free kick when we needed to kill time to play down the clock, uh, made a little kind of Groucho Marx-style um, cigar move to the crowd, got a laugh. He knew what he was doing. He worked a free kick, had two defenders in attention, and it just took the sting out of the clock, which seemed to take an eternity to run down. Um, fantastic performance by Steve Morrison. We love him to death. We love his We love his um, miserable old bastard persona. We, we know it's all a bit of a, an act. But that was an experienced old head out there today. Like I said, I think in the course of the the, uh, commentary, I don't know what we're going to do when he retires. We need to clone him and produce uh, an army of Steve Morrison. So for me today, 8 out of 10 for Steve Morrison. Overall, fantastic show, fantastic results overall for for the Lions. Um, Performance, blew hot and cold at times, but we got the ball over the line. That's all you can do. That is all you can do, isn't it? Um, I can't stress enough how strong the wind was around that strange little football ground, the Memorial Stadium, Bristol. Quite, a, um, I thought it's it's charming. I wouldn't describe the ground as charming. It was, um, and it wasn't charmless. It was. It had the air of a kind of a, a showground, you know, like a place where um, you know you get these country shows, tractor shows, and, and, and horses and, and the like. Um, so yeah, first half the wind swirled around the the, the somewhat shiftless stadium. A mill made made hay. I mean, we certainly got the ball forwards. Um, uh, some some scrap and a scrappy opening goal, which was hard to describe in real time. I'm, I've yet to see any of the goals on YouTube. I'm I'm driving the car, so I haven't seen any of the uh, post-match coverage. But certainly to go two-nil up um, was a, was a fantastic start. It was it was ideal. Uh, couldn't have asked for any more out of our side. But to concede um, at the other end, and that was a shot that kind of took a deflection so again without seeing that back it's going to be hard for me to um, you know, to say more should Archer have done better? don't know, can't tell you at the moment certainly the, the shot hit the crossbar took a deflection, came fell in the path of Jermaine Easter uh, who slammed it home from close, he couldn't really do much else other than score the goal um, and that was 2-1 so immediately there was um, a buzz around the ground, you know Bristol were gone from being dead and buried to um, being back in the game. We then press forwards and go a third, you know, get a third goal, gone 3 1 up, and really and truthfully, that should be game over. But unfortunately, in recent games, this side has um, demonstrated a lack of ruthlessness. Last week, we saw an appalling performance against Oxford, and today, in all honesty, I mean, to, to you know, the second half, uh, Bristol pulled it back to three each, and for the most part, they bossed that second half. We, didn't adapt to the wind, we didn't adapt to their wide play, they passed the ball well I felt, um, you exploit the flanks a little bit like what we saw against Oxford and we, we failed to respond, we failed to have an answer, um, Neil Harris will uh, you know, clearly point to the result as the be all and end all and in football terms that's that's very true but it, as I said at the closing whistle there was a strangely dissatisfying performance. All of that said, um, the character to having conceded the game really two, twice, conceding a two-goal lead, to then stage yet another comeback late on with that header, fine header from a corner by Sean Hutchinson, buried the game at last. Showed real um, guts and steel, and for that, um, and 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 the you know the, the many highlights of the season alone, I take my hat off to the squad because it's easy to focus on the bad. There's been a lot of good stuff this season and some of the high points have been very, very high indeed, notably the wins over Premier League opponents and Leicester, obviously, most famously. So to come back and to recover our position does hark back to that level of steel um, to concede uh, in, twice in two weeks, three goals, uh, against opponents who you wouldn't have expected to be pulled apart as we did. Doesn't bode well particularly for the playoffs, but we shall see. Um, I'm on the M4 heading for home. Going to try and get this show out tonight, if I can do. And at some stage I'm going to try and get a a ticket organised for Thursday night's playoff game against Scunthorpe. First leg at home versus Scunthorpe. We then face Scunning away next Sunday, I'm going to guess in the evening. Not sure if I'll make that game. But certainly two legs against Scunthorpe and then Wembley Beckham. So There we are. The season comes to this with three games from the championship. Um, Well done, Millwall, today. And admonishments and congratulations in equal measure. So there it is. That's that's this week's show. Not going to do any um, post-match interview. I haven't got time. Um, We're going to try and get the the show out ASAP. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you've enjoyed our season. We'll try and um, get back next weekend and see how the, the playoffs begin. Arrivederci, Millwall.
0: You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall news this week, and we are out of here.